Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... We didn't think two years after uh, you won this. Was it two years ago? It feels like it's been 18 years uh, since since you yeah. won this title. Um, Vashik Pospisil joining us in Charlottesville, Virginia. A lot's changed over the last <laughs> couple of years, and yet here we are. So how, where are you at mentally right now in, in terms of how you're finishing this season and, and just, frankly, uh, what, what has been a chaotic last year? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, it's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I've, I've heard a couple of your your podcasts, and you guys do an amazing job. Thank so you. I'm, I'm uh, happy to be here. Um, yeah. To answer your question, it's a uh, <laughs> it's been an interesting year. I'll put it I'll put it that way. Um, I wouldn't say. I mean, I don't think I've ever had more things uh, happen in a 12 month <laughs> period in my life than than this this last year, and um, I think. Um, the outcome of that, you know, professionally, at least on the on the tennis court, has been that I, you know, maybe haven't had the most consistent results, and and uh, I feel like I'm I'm striking the ball clean when I, you know, get the right training in, and uh, but I'm but obviously this year has been kind of, um, you know, not the best not the best for me on the court, but I but at the same time I feel like I can turn it around pretty quickly, so I feel like next year I'll come back strong. For someone I, I do understand, and Mike makes fun of me that I, I have about a billion ventures going on at one time, and I can never, <laughs> I can never find that you know stability. But you know, for you right now, you know, with the tennis side of things, are you finding the time, or are you just exhausted? No, I'm finding the time for sure. I mean, I've had a lot of things happen this year that have negatively impacted um, my performance on court and my ability to, um, 
you know, put maximum effort into training and tennis, but it's still my priority. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I still, you know, make sure that I do everything that I am supposed to do, um, in tennis first. And then whatever's left of the day, I just, you know, spend on, on the other projects. So I don't watch TV. I don't have time for, I used to play guitar. I used to do all this stuff. I have like no time. I go to bed at like, you know, 11, 12 midnight, uh, almost every day. And, and, uh, maybe I'll spend like 30 minutes watching a couple of YouTube videos. Other than that, it's just emails and it's just madness. So it's draining me out. I, I have like, I, I pretty much work seven days a week and, um, and yeah, I mean, I need to, to, find a little bit more time for, for myself <laughs> and taking, taking a breath every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, obviously, <laughs> you know, you're still, still an incredible player. Um, whether the ranking is where you want it to be is irrelevant, but you know, something I found kind of getting into behind the racket or anything else I was doing the one loss you have when you start to lose a few in a row, everybody's like, well, well you shut up and play tennis. You know, this is not, you obviously you're wasting time doing this other stuff. Are you feeling that? Is that pressure kind of, mounting a little bit after all this time or are you taking it it is yeah for, no for for sure it's mounting and you know but here's the thing i mean last last year 2020 and even even you know the the end of 2019 i was playing i mean for you know my standards and kind of my career i was playing incredible tennis i mean i had you know four top 10 wins i was uh in the ra- i finished the the race 28 and my ranking mm-hmm. was 60 because i i you know because of the new covid rankings i had so I was playing really good tennis and I was incredibly busy. I was doing, I was doing the same stuff I'm doing today. I mean, you know, with, with all these other ventures and projects and the thing is they, they always, I feel like if you're, if you're busy, as long as it's, uh, bringing you positive energy and it's not like draining, I feel like, um, there've been a couple of changes where a few of the, the ventures or a few things that I was doing off the court became a little bit more draining and stressful. And then that obviously can impact the tennis score. But I think the biggest Thing this year for me was just the stability within the team. Um, you know, my my coach just with COVID. You know, my coach couldn't travel, um, so and I was with you know my ex girlfriend um, traveling alone with her, which isn't great because you know, <laughs> I mean, no, she's a sweetheart, but but uh, you know didn't really understand what it took. So I felt like I was being pulled away a little bit from things I needed to do on the court, and uh, that along with you know the stresses of COVID and and the PTPA and. And uh, everything that was kind of going on definitely, um, you know, uh, you know, didn't give me the, the best platform to do well on the court. But I, but I will say that, you know, I can handle off-court stress really well. And, and I think the main thing really was just the stability within the team. You know, my physios not being able to travel with me anymore because um, of COVID restrictions and their, them being Canadian um, and then not having my, my coach, I mean, most of the year. And, and then also not playing that many events. So I, mm-hmm. I wasn't really matched mm-hmm. off. I mean, I played only, you know, I took three months off uh, at some point and, and, and just played very few events as well. You are back here in Charlottesville. Uh, being at a challenger can often be difficult, especially as you, you get a little bit older um, in, in your career. It's, it's tougher to come back down to these events. How are you refocusing, and especially as you brought uh, Vincent Miel into the team now? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely uh, you know bringing things back uh, back in a little bit. I mean, I'm here with my physio with with a coach. Uh, I'm I'm currently looking for a full time coach, so I'm just kind of I'm here part time with Vincent, and I'm motivated. I mean, I got really good. You know, last ten days I trained really hard. I had to take ten days off after Indian Wells with a back injury, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 
I'm always motivated. I'm just an ambitious guy, right? So if I'm if I'm on the court, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it 100. percent So, um, you know, coming back to challengers, uh, you know, sometimes you you got to do it. Um, you know, f- let's say for me because I've been mainly at ATP events over the years, but but um, you know, there's still, I mean, chal- winning, you know, doing well at challengers is is very tough. There's a lot of great players here, and but it's also a good event to to kind of get pick up a little bit of steam and try to get some some match wins and get rolling a little bit. Now we want to kind of transition to you know the topic we we brought you here for, which is mushrooms, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Great, yeah. I can talk about that all day. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> um, we, we want to talk about PTPA. Um, we want to focus a little bit more on on specifically challenger ish players, you know, and and at the lower levels of tennis here, but. I don't know if you were listening at all last summer. I, I think Noah will, will vouch for it here. I was a big proponent before PTPA got announced of this idea of unionization, associations, whatever you want to call it. And and over the last year or so, you know, I, I think I was very encouraged when you guys got started. And, and I think now you and I might have some disagreements about various proposals and thoughts, but I think we're both wanting the same direction, same general vantage point. So I want to start by saying that, right? Where where are we at right now? Because it feels like there was that head of steam and and right now I, I feel like there's kind of a vacuum here. There's there's just this lull. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know where we're at and, and where we're progressing to. Within the PTP. Yes. Okay. So so <laughs> yes. So it's been it's been obviously extremely challenging. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's uh, because at the end of the day, it's being, you know, Novak and I have kind of been spearheading it. Novak has you know, very little, very little time, and then and then I'm obviously doing it part time. So we we obviously we brought on um, someone that that has a lot of experience, player associations, um, and and you know, it's been taken. It's taking a long time. You have to structure the corp. You have to you know incorporate. You have to. I mean, grow the team. We have to bring advisors. I mean, there's a lot of uh, back and forth at, at this stage. And the other thing is this: I mean, what's taken the longest time, honestly, is is um, our kind of bringing on um, like the tennis executives, right? Mm-hmm. Because you need to have somebody within the organization, and not just one person, but a few that have deep industry knowledge of the sport. Because tennis is so complex as it is that you can't have somebody you know, outside of the sport running the organization that really has no idea about how complicated it is and who's who in the industry and how does the ITF and, you know, work with the ATP and what are the slams, like it's, it you know, labor, the futures, challenge is just way too complicated. Mm-hmm. So, so for us, the difficulty was actually finding those people. And I mean, I, you know, um, there's a lot of confidential stuff that's, that's happening now in the, on the, in the background and, and uh, I'm very, hopeful and it's I would say excited right now because um you know we are I would say uh about you know January 22 2022 we can make some big announcements okay and honestly from there I think it's 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 um you know um full steam ahead but it's I you know it's something that I can't even say like who we're talking to because it's just so um there's so many conflicts and it's so um and the the games have been very dirty. I mean, the the ATP. I got to be honest. I mean, they're the things that I've heard um, them say about us and what we're trying to do and what we're doing in the background. Just all lies. Like it's Miami just, was tough to watch. Yeah, no, but just to all. Yeah, just all lies. Even since then, like I mean, the stuff that I've heard, like oh, the PTP, they're they're trying to start their own tour. 
lies. Not true. No, that's Noah. Yeah, no, not true. <laughs> yeah, Noah's trying to do it. No, like, you know, complete lies. They're, they're saying that we're paying players to sign up with us. I mean, like, come on. How, how, how low can you go, right? And, and that just shows how, how scared they are, how scared they are of, of you know, of players having a say and having a voice and being able to actually have some kind of leverage and, and power in, in a sport where, that they should. Because right now, you know, they've completely monopolized the sport, right? The, the ATP has a complete monopoly and, and the, the uh, success of the sport is completely contingent on the performance of one organization. And it's not an open market. And they've done an amazing job to, to set themselves up for that. They've done an amazing job to, to maintain the control. And that's hurt the sport. I mean, in a, in a huge way. I mean, it's it's tennis is the third most popular, uh, most watched sport in the world on, on on the internet. It's the fifth most watched sport. I have over a billion fans, and it's it's and you only a hundred players make a living. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? So, um, it PTPA and the player association is very needed. Uh, I can shit on the ATP for 10 years. I mean, you know, we don't have enough time for that. But for you, I think the interesting thing and for a lot of listeners would be, what have you learned about players in this past year? Um, I think, you know, from starting group chats that we've started and then you've started a lot, you know, what have been the biggest barriers to overcome with how selfish this sport has, you know, been proven in the past? I mean, what, what are the difficulties there? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, I would, I would say the, the most difficult thing for us is, is to combat the, the, just the, the false information that's out there and, and all the different voices that are in the heads of some of the players that, that maybe don't understand the different conflicts of interest and why somebody will be telling them one thing and, and over another. And I mean, we have tremendous support and we haven't even actually got... So we haven't got to the stage where we're going to really start per, like um, recruiting um, a little bit more aggressively. And when I say aggressively, it means like okay, like we go. We did. We didn't even really go to all the players. We we actually just went to. I mean, as soon as we got over seventy percent of the players, we have like seventy five percent of the target players that we're going after. As soon as we got to that number, we're like, okay, this is enough to really start pursuing building this this out. And then we'll you know we'll go after the higher rank guys and all this later. We do have a lot of high rank guys for the record, but but I think. You know the challenge is is to really educate um, a lot some of these guys um, as to you know why they hear certain things about certain people and and the scare tactics you know the, they're they're just trying to um, bring all this fear into a player like oh if you sign with the PTPA this is going to happen and you're going to lose your endorsements and 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 this you're going to be bad with a you know bad standing with the ATP I mean they sent emails saying like it's crazy what's happening right and and a lot of it I, you know, I'm not at the liberty to speak about. I don't want to speak about, but it's, it's, um, I think, I think, you know, by the middle of 2022, we'll, you guys will see something very, very different um, in terms of the credibility of the PTPA externally, um, you know, the amount of support that we're going to have with the players, the top players. I think it's going to really pick up steam big time. So before we go and talk a little bit more about players 100 plus in the rankings. I, I guess I have a twofold question here. Number one, to, to what you were just talking about, in, in terms of clarity and what the message is, I think that's where I have struggled the most, Vashik, because you know, you, you're saying all these things that the ATP is saying. I have, 
I'm not fully involved, but I hadn't mm-hmm. heard any of that, right? right. So more so, I, I don't know what you guys stand for right now. Does that make sense? I, like, I, I don't know what it, what it is, what the goal is at, at this stage. And that, that, to me, has been frustrating, to be honest. Right. Well, I mean, we're trying to, we're trying to create a, a transparent environment, and we're trying to create proper representation for, for the players of the tour. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, we, we're one of the few sports obviously for various reasons, but, but one of the few major sports that, that don't have true professionals representing the players without, um, you know, conflicts of interest and, and all, you know, all the, the I mean, you know, totally I mean, you, yes. yeah. So, and, and then the outcome of that will be, you know, will be more revenue to the players. will be, you know, we'll, we'll be able to retain our, our, our image rights. I mean, I mean, Right now, the fact that you have a hundred players making a living, and you know that, right? Yes, right. So, so th- that's what the outcome will end up being for yeah, sure. It's just for it, me, like I, that should be a pretty clear, like slam dunk. That's that's it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have that. You know, just a tangible. Here are five bullet points of this is what we want. So, like, yeah. You know, fans are confused. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, frankly, from a media standpoint, we're confused. And I get, I guess the question is, why isn't there that simple five bullet point strategy? Here's what we want. Yeah. Well, well, Done. there is. I mean, we had a we had a we had a press conference where, I, we, I where we were more. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, if you were listening, then I mean, you should have, you know, seen we went we went through that pretty clearly. And we also have our website where 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 all of our, uh, you know, the goals, what the PTPA stands for, what we're trying to do, that's all there, right? So I think one of one of the things that, that's come up, um, you know, it, I mean, the, the, a lot of the confusion I think that's out there is also because a lot of the media is driven by, by you know, our uh, our foes, you know, kind of like I, th- I think there was a lot of misinformation and it, and it was very confusing. And, and, you know, everyone was very quick to jump on, you know, Novak and there was this whole thing for a long time where where every, every every article was just bashing Novak so right away you know you had all these journalists that just jumped on the bandwagon and just started write all these negative articles and and that made no sense that had no backing I mean that made you know it was no facts it wasn't they weren't factual at all it was just it was shocking and I, I mean from day one we've been super clear and the thing is and the, but the problem is that from day one we didn't have infrastructure, we didn't have our PR team, we didn't have anything to push that message. So the message was was loud and clear from day one, but it was never picked up. Mm. It was just like lost in all the, you know, in all the noise. And um, I think that's what what was really confusing is because you have these journalists that are at the liberty just write whatever they want, and they and they they write and to the point where you know I just stop reading these articles mm. because it's it's they're just complete. I mean, you know, they should be retracted. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think that yeah. partly, I think that was, I think that's part of the reason why, especially early on, the message, you know, wasn't clear because we didn't have the infrastructure. We just, we launched and we didn't have, and now that's what that takes a long time to build. I mean, it's a very complicated, um, that's one thing I'll say is that, um, you know, it was a lot more work than I expected. You know, that's, I mean, I knew it was going to be tough. I knew it was going to be, you know, you're up against the Gol- Goliath and you're up against superpowers that, that have had, you know, tremendous control and, and over the players and over the sport and, and have done extremely well. And, um, you know, so I knew it was going to be a big battle, um, but it, but it was, you know, more work than, than I expected. 
Let's put it that <laughs> way. And a lot of interesting things happening <laughs> in the back end too. When you have three billionaires on your advisory board uh, that are helping, you know, th- there's also some interesting dynamics there. <laughs> we can only imagine. I mean, I deal with Mike every day, so it's basically the same. <laughs> it's <laughs> what, what's, your, what's your net worth, Mike? Net, yeah. net worth? Uh-huh. Well, he has a shirt. Uh, he has a shirt that says he hates you. He says, "I hate Noah Rubin." So. Yeah, those will be on sale very shortly, so. which is exciting. I sat down, I saw that chair, I was like, oh, this will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, are we kind of, I guess the simple question, are we kind of past the point of the majority of players thinking that everything's okay in the status quo? Mm-hmm. Or are we? Are you still Are you still personally dealing with going up to players and being like, do you not see what's wrong? <laughs> No, I, I no, I think this the definitely the vast majority are are extremely frustrated. I think you know, um, like I said, I mean, we already we have seventy five percent, and we haven't even we haven't even approached a lot of other guys that that, um, you know, like I said, we we want to build, we want to get to the point where where we have all the answers, we have every person in the team that we need, we want to fill all the holes, and then we and then at that point, I think it's going to be a breeze to to just to just you know pick up get every player that we need, you know, and obviously right now, does you, that include women? That includes women. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we, we, we've been trying to recruit them with women have been, been tough. Actually. I'll be honest. I didn't expect them to be um, this hard to um, kind of get on board. Uh, I think that might've been, you know, something to do with, I don't know how we started or whatever, but, but, um, but obviously we, we want the women involved and it's, I think, you know, it's super important that they are, that they are a part of it. Um, you know, we do have, I think 70 to 80, um, women signed on um but but i think they will come i think i think they'll kind of come flooding in once um again once we get to that point where like you said you know there's been this lull which is which i know it's like it's you know it's tough it is what it is and we know there's players that are probably like what is going on and and you know but at the same time i i i'm not concerned because um there's no reason for them to, to let's say, oh, we're going to leave the PTPA. Like, okay, well, why? <laughs> like, yeah. why would you do that? Like, okay, just, you know. So, and then when we're at that point where um, where we have that team and we have everything that we need and everything is built out, which is, you know, very, coming very soon, um, I think I think the floodgates will open in terms of uh, the support. You have mentioned multiple times the idea that only about 100 players on, on both sides here are, are making a living, and, and if you include the doubles players, maybe another 40 uh, or so. It's been an, an age-old question here. Uh, how, how do we make, as we're here in Charlottesville, how do we make more of these players who are playing in this draw this week in Charlottesville make it so that they're earning a living when they're 150, 200 in the world? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the the million dollar question, right? I mean, this is uh, I mean, so one thing, I mean, PTPA, for example, we're not trying to change tennis, right? We're taking the current. I mean, we will change tennis just by in itself, but what we're trying to do is we want there to be an open market, and we want competition uh, to be able to, to to come up to compete against the with the ATP. We want there. We want basically if, if you can come and do a better job and create a better event or create a better tour than than it's currently out there, the players should have the option to to Stop pursue that. It. Right? Stop As be- be- behind the racket, everybody should be playing <laughs> that tour. I, uh, sign me up. <laughs> no, so so I think I think that that is what will you know ultimately would be the outcome of of you know. The PTPA, let's say, um, create you know, kind of becoming independent from the ATP. So, and that might take two, 
two years, three years. I don't know how long that will take, right? I mean, you have, right now there's, for example, gambling and the data. I mean, there's so much gambling. There's so much money on all the betting and everything. And how, mu- how much of that are the players seeing? Correct. None, right? So suddenly if you have, so even just with that, argument right there if you have a player association you could probably get something from that right yes. you should be able to correct so so even in the and even in the current environment you could you could mo- you could you know bring in more revenue to the players but why do we why are we not having that because there's no player association because you know the big guys are keeping it for themselves they're running a business they want it to be as profitable as possible right so i think i think the other thing is that um you know yeah if you come to challengers especially you know here in the states or you know you feel like there's it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, demand, right? I mean, you, there's not a ton of people coming to watch. In Europe, it's different, but but I think that's that's on that's on the ATP, and that's because th- you're telling me there's not a market out there for the p- players that are ranked 100 to 200. Of course, people love tennis, mm-hmm. right? So I think you have, you just have to figure out a structure. For example, okay, I'll tell you this: I love I love the world team tennis model. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I do I I think. I think it's it's you know that's it's like NBA, NHL, all this. You can make stars out of guys that are 150 in the world. They have a big win, you know. In a, let's say you're playing a team competition, yeah. they're a huge star in your city, right? And you can, and so I'm just say, saying that. And I know I know World Team Tennis have had a huge pushback, and they've they've had it, their issues of you know growing um, because of their competition to yeah. to the monopoly that's there. So, like I said, I just feel like tennis is stunted with its growth because of the monopoly that's in place, right? So um, that just needs to change. No, that you kind of answered the question I was going to ask next. I was going to say taking away from kind of the fundamental, the budgeting, the ultimate competition. I look at tennis from a foundational aspect of, you know, clapping between points, you know, having fans cheering a little bit more excitement. Are there any things along those lines that you would implement if you have the opportunity or is it right now the focus kind of just the open competition and let everything else follow? Yeah. I mean, you know how I would run my own tour is, <laughs> is one yeah. question, right? I mean, that's yeah. like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the one I, I'm what I want. I want the, the, the sport to grow. I mean, the fact I want players to be able to make a living. I mean, the fact that, like I said, the numbers don't lie. Right. So obviously there's a big problem. I mean, if, if tennis is as popular as it is, which it is. I mean, like I said, it's it, the numbers are there, right? And it makes as little as it does, you know, for the players. There's obviously a huge issue. And where would you? Where do you point? Well, you point to the people that are, you know, running the sport, right? Or the organizations. I mean, so I think, and and you know, to, and to to some degree, there I know that uh, the current leadership is trying to change that, but not to the benefit of the players. Let's put it that way, because. Um, you know, I've, uh, there's this 30-year deal is um, when as soon as you're letting tournaments, you know, uh, allowing them to expense infrastructure and you do a, 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 a 50-50 profit share, but they can pretty much, you know, expend, they can build stadiums. I mean, they, they won't be profitable for decades, that potentially. Right. So where's that? So, and then th- then what we have in the back end is, is a 2% increase, l- less than inflation. So that's great. I mean, right? So, and we know they're not going to increase the prize money next year because of COVID and they're using that as an excuse. So where does that leave the players, right? I mean, um, again, I mean, I could, I could go all day. But do you, do, you, do you have that, 
Are you guys at a point, though, as I as again, I'm looking here at these courts in Charlottesville. Are you at a point where you have a, a, a model in place in terms of the financial structure so that there is a little bit more of a trickle down or is your financial plan built on more of the breaking the, the mold of the um, monopoly? Is it I mean, do you have both of those it's, in place? It's, it's definitely both. I mean, I think I think both of those um, definitely both. And this is where you bring in guys, which we have, which where you bring in guys that have decades of experience with player associations and they know how to monetize, um, you know, the athletes. And and I actually had a conversation um, with with our lawyer about this the other day, and and um, so they they know they know how to do it, right? I mean, I don't know how to do it. You could ask me. I could be like, well, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't. That's not my job. Right? Yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah. worked at a NBA PA and NHLPA for twenty years. These guys have, and and. And and the, the the thing that's crazy is everybody that's gotten involved with us and, and the more time they spend, the more passionate they they're becoming about it, and the more they see, they more they see how you know screwed the players are getting, which which motive which keeps me motivated. I mean, you know, it's been it's been super tough. I mean, I know it's it's had a negative impact on my professional career for sure. Um, it was something that I started when uh, I had back surgery. I had time on my hands, and and, mm. and I'm and I'm just doing what I believe is the right thing to do. I mean, I'm not getting any monetary benefit from this. Like I said, I'm actually you know losing losing money, but um, because of my performance on court, right, which hasn't been ideal, but um, but it's the right thing to do. I mean, and that's how all this started. I mean, that's how all this started, and I'm you know we're too deep into it to look back, and I know that we'll be successful because. Um, you know, it, it, the only, the only time we would, I would say, you know, fail is, is if at some point the players just, if we lost the player support, right. Which I don't see happening. I don't see why that would happen because, um, because of our mission statements, because of what we're trying to do. We're like, we're literally like, what's Novak trying to gain from this? I mean, the guy's worth, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, it's a legacy play for sure. I mean, you know, but, but but I can tell you his heart's in the right spot, in the right place for sure. And I've gotten to know him really well, and, and um, I have zero doubts about that. Um, so, you know, we have time, but we need to hurry up. <laughs> and we're getting there. <laughs> I mean, that's all well and good, but, you know, we're dealing with a bigger issue here, and that's Mike's backhand. And I haven't seen it. It's you haven't not, even seen it in months. It's the left arm is coming great. through. No wonder, he wears a, no wonder he wears a shirt that says he hates you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not my fault. The guy can't come around with his left arm. I want it. just the left arm. <laughs> okay, I'll actually keep that no. in mind for my back end. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've actually been working no. on that exact thing the last like week. So, <laughs> well, let me know if it works because this guy it is, does. It does. I, I always work on it and then I forget and then I'm like, oh, I gotta keep doing the left arm. So many things no, you can Vash work on, and then it's you go into cycles. Right? Really is, really is. Yeah. But Vashnik, no, thank you so much for for coming on. Really excited to have you and excited to see how this all grows. Yeah, and hopefully uh, we will have a time to discuss more because I I think. You're right. You and you, you, you could probably go on for another hour or two. And I easily. I, I think I could as well. I don't know about him. Yeah. He's, he's well, kind of, why doesn't Noah drop off and then we can keep going? <laughs> <laughs> Might be better for everybody Noah, involved. I know Noah's got a birthday party to, 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 
to arrange. So <laughs> that's for you, Mike, not Bashik. Don't thank worry. It's for you, Mike. Thank you. But yeah, thank you very much for your time. Good luck this week. And yeah, I maybe during the off season when things settle, I would love to spend another 30, I, 45 minutes. I would love to. I think the next one we have to uh, maybe make it an hour. Okay. No, I, no, I, no, honestly, guys, I really enjoyed it. Um, thanks for having me and good luck with the show and everything in your backhand. Yeah, thank you. Working on it. <laughs> good luck this week, Bashik. Thanks, guys. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.